Hi, everyone. You're listening to Grit and Glamour, honest conversations about the grind toward the glow up that you don't see on the gram. Here, I interview inspiring leaders about the messiness behind the process as they achieve their goals and dreams. Because despite what social media might tell you, it's not all glamour, baby. I'm your host, Ruby Veridiano, and welcome to another episode of Grit and Glamour. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining a new episode of Grit and Glamour. I'm your host, Ruby Veridiano, and this evening or today, well, whatever time you're watching this, um, I have a very special guest. She is not only a publicist, PR expert, founder of the Papa Lowdown Boutique PR Agency, and also now the uh, biz- she's also part of the business commission for, the da- for Daily City. So, um, but in in all of those titles, the most important one to me is the fact that she is my BFF, my best friend, uh, Paloma B. Concordia. Hi, Paloma. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Share the journey with you and everyone that tunes in and watches this later. Yes. Now, I know you represent Daily City um, really hard. What do you love about Daily City? And for those who haven't visited, you know, what can they expect? Hmm. Well, I was born in San Francisco, just FYI. But um, (laughs) Daily City um, is, you know, it's where I grew up. Like my family's here. It has one of the largest populations of Filipino Americans in the United States. Um, So it's always just been a comforting place where there's lots of food and culture and it's right next to San Francisco. So you kind of get the best of both worlds with, um, you know, not being close to this or close to the city, but not in it. Um, it's also really close to the beach and I love going to the beach and being close to the beach and having that access. Um, so to me, it's just perfect location of like beach and city, um, with, you know, lots of, um, of the community around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's really funny. I want to tell people about how we met, actually, because it's totally directed or uh, related to the work that you do. Paloma was actually my very first publicist. Um, We started out having a client-publicist relationship, and then this was back in 2008 when I was still a performing artist. Um, 2007. Okay. So 2007. And I was still a performing artist at the time and I was part of a group called Illiteracy and we needed needed a publicist and a PR manager. And uh, we hired Paloma. Um, And then we just became really, really close. Uh, We violated some of that client, um, you know, (laughs) publicist client uh, boundaries by becoming really close friends. But she has been such an important part of my journey since then. And I think what's so um, remarkable about our friendship actually is that people are new to this whole virtual space and like, you know, Zooming all the time, but we've been holding it down, Paloma. Like we've been long distance friends for a long time, for at least a decade. Um, So before Zoom, we had, you know, FaceTime and Skype and even before any of the video apps, we kind of just made it work. On the phone. Yeah. Yeah. most successful long distance relationship um, 
you know, I mean, I have a couple, but Paloma is definitely one of them. And I think the other thing that makes it really special is that Paloma and I actually have very opposite lives, you know, um, I've moved around a lot. <laughs> yeah. What's that? You travel and move locations uh, pretty frequently. And I, I like to stay here. <laughs> well, you're rooted. You're rooted. And I think what's awesome about you being rooted is that you have, uh, you have a family, you have community, right? That I think that roots you. So while we have very opposite lives, we still have um, uh, this incredible like connection to be able to su continue supporting each other. Um, yeah. And I think that part of our mission um, in, in, in our friendship is also giving back some of that support that we give to each other, to our community. Um, yeah. Yay. Okay. So let's get to it. What is the mission of your boutique agency, Papa Lowdown? And what kind of clients do you serve? Yeah. So we, um, our mission is to amplify, uh, advise and advocate for of color and women of color, women-led businesses and organizations. Um, we mainly focus on um, arts, culture, and community type of clients, um, but that ranges from uh, restaurants and bars, um, entrepreneurs, artists, uh, arts organizations. Um, I've worked with high schools, uh, you know, so nonprofits. Uh, it's a, it's a wide range, but everyone is, all of the clients in, in some respect are rooted in social justice and youth empowerment. And that is what Pablo Down Agency is about. We're here to amplify those voices in the media. Right. And why publicity? Like, why is this something that you really love to do? And also what you feel called to do? Yes. Um, you know, I started my career in the fashion and retail industry and um, I moved to New York in 2003 for um, college uh, and was in the fashion industry at that point. And my background was marketing and PR. Um, but New York is really where I got my PR chops. Um, I was working for Coach and for Glamour magazine. Um, and so that was where like the foundation of my marketing and PR skills comes from is, is from there. Uh, but then I quickly realized once I was graduating that I was no longer interested in the fashion industry or retail because it didn't feel very fulfilling. There was no purpose um, behind it. Like now it's great to see that there's a sustainability movement and women's empowerment movement around fashion retail, which is, you know, what you are doing now. So kind of ironic or not ironic, <laughs> but like circle in some way. I don't know. Um, that that's where I started and that's where you are at now, but <laughs> um, in those industries. And, um, I was just not satisfied. Like I felt like there needed to be more purpose to my work and career and um, the people I surrounded myself with. And so I was actually really called to um, graffiti and hip hop. Um, and that was really inspiring me when I was getting ready to leave New York and move back home to the Bay Area. Um, I then switched gears and was like, you know what, I wanna focus on the music industry and entertainment industry. And so I immersed myself 
in music and entertainment. And that's really where we met um, yeah. was in that phase of my life and career. Gosh, so you, um, it's funny because I guess in that, I met you right in the turning point where your career was starting to have some kind of purpose uh, or like a deeper purpose outside of just marketing and PR, but actually being able to amplify these voices. And I know that your mission is a lot clearer now. So, um, you know, I know that you're also very specific about how you choose your clients. Um, what do you look for? You know, like if someone wants to work with you, what kind of clients do you, um, do you like working with? How do you vet them? Yeah. I mean, like I said, like it, it, it is mostly, um, people of color, women of color that I do work with. Um, obviously I, I'm, I'm half Filipina, half Spanish, And uh, so I do gravitate towards um, Filipino clients or Asian Pacific Islander American clients. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the purpose of that all is to just really, um, you know, issues around like visibility in the community, right? Like the media isn't focusing on um, our stories sometimes. And so I saw a void where that wasn't, um, there, w- there wasn't anyone advocating for artists. And at this point it, it was, you know, specifically to the music industry. And so, um, you know, early on in my career, yes, illiteracy was one of my clients and you guys were really like native guns, blue scholars. Um, that whole era, um, was what really educated me about um, social justice issues and like learning about my history as a Filipino American. Um, and you guys were really the ones that mm. taught me cause I didn't learn that in school. I didn't have Asian American studies. Um, you know, I didn't have ethnic studies. So that was really my coming of age, right? Like reading Carlos Bulusan, America's in the heart was like, Oh wow. Okay. And then that just fueled me even more. Um, the right. whole era of youth speaks, right. Shout out youth speaks. And like everyone that grew up in that mush was part of that. Like there's so many people that I was surrounded by that yeah. were amazing and smart and intelligent and passionate and doing good things with their work. And I saw that, wow, this is where I want to be because this is making a difference. Right. And I think also, right, like uh, there's been a lot more social consciousness and a lot more diversity and inclusion in the media in the last couple of years. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. But when you started your business, that wasn't the case at all. So I think Mm -hmm. that you fighting for the visibility, um, for, you know, communities of color is very much like a, 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 a progressive way of doing business and a way to really make room for stories that you believe in and the stories that matter. And I think that you um, are such a big advocate for all of us, um, not just in the stories that you're pushing, but I think you also really believe in your clients. So not only do you provide like the press support and kind of the connections, but you also just are also good pep talker. You know, you, you believe in all of us. So um, I think a lot of times what's great about the people that get are are fortunate enough to to be your client is that you're also their biggest cheerleader. Um, 
And that was one of the reasons why I started my own business because, you know, I've never worked for a PR firm, right? Like, um, I've worked in PR or marketing departments, but not a PR agency. So I taught myself really a lot of it, um, trial and error and just research, right? Um, And that's how I grew. Um, But it was because I wanted to spend my time and energy investing in people that I believed in, not someone telling me, hey, this is the project you're working on. Um, right now, you know, so I really wanted to have ownership of who I got to support. Right. Yeah. Now, um, there's been a lot of changes in the last decade. You've been in business for 10 years, over 10 years. What has changed in the PR landscape between then and now? Um, I feel like it's kind of a blur in some ways, but I think the biggest thing is like knowing that you can reach out to journalists and people in the media um, on your own. Like you don't, there is there, I think before there was a, you know, there's a lot of these like media databases that you had to pay thousands of dollars to have a subscription to access their contact information. Right. Um, And so I think what's now is like, everyone's information is readily available. And, you know, I tell my clients that are going through, um, you know, our PR for the people workshop, which we'll talk about later, but, you know, Twitter is your media database. Um, You know, and I think that's the biggest change is that you can talk to journalists and producers um, and advocate for yourself uh, much more easily now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And we are going to talk about your program a little bit later. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your journey, um, because, of course, we are in the middle of a lot of crazy things right now. Um, A pandemic aside, there's also a lot of just catastrophes in the news. If we turn on the news right now, it's uh, it's really devastating what's happening in America. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, there's still uh, business to be done. There's still um, uh, communities to support. There are um, a lot of, you know, we, we still have to, there, there are a lot of people who still need to continue running their business. Um, what obstacles have you faced along your journey um, that you might be able to share with us? Sure. Um you know, financial obstacles are always prevalent. Um, like I don't have a big investor, um, supporting me unless you count my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He Um, does count actually. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but yeah, like, so financially it's tough, like, Oh, well, how can I spend more on marketing if I don't have money to spend on marketing, um, or hiring people, uh, to, you know, support different roles in the company to help it grow. Um, but I think the biggest one is mindset, right? Um, just keep to stick through it, even though like you feel defeated, you're not making the numbers you want to make, or you didn't get the client or project you thought you were going to get. Um, so I think the mental, um, the mental game of like, sticking through it and being like, no, this is what I believe in. I think that's one of the biggest 
challenges. Well, and I'm glad that you bring that up because actually I've known you for over 12 years now. And what is the most remarkable thing about you is that like, regardless of how tough it got, you just always, for the most part, stuck with your plan A, right? Some people have a plan A, plan B, plan C, but you are always like through and through an entrepreneur. And you always, to me, um, you know, you were very rooted in that decision, no matter what happened. Um, I think a lot of times uh, when things go wrong or when you have been uh, trying to open a door that just won't open or doesn't feel like it's opening, it's tempting to think, oh, maybe I'm knocking on the wrong door. But I think for you, you've just never doubted the door um, that you were trying to open. So what is the, what's behind that certainty? And, you know, maybe from that lesson of yours, people will be able to uh, add some filters and ask themselves the same questions to help them understand if they're standing in front of their, the right door for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one of the biggest things has been just the community I'm surrounded by. Um, I'm surrounded by a lot of arts activists, um, a lot of educators and, um, you know, like the work of activism and, you know, doing what's right, like fighting systems of oppression, like that's a long game, you know? So I am just like, I'm fueled by seeing what everyone else in the community is doing. I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, I think early on and, you know, shout out to Adriel Lewis. Um, like, like Adriel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think being around Adriel and um, illiteracy and like a lot of other people that were just kind of, they were doing their own thing. You know, like I was, I was around Filipino restaurant bar owners. Um, I was around all these amazing people that I'm like, well, if they're doing it, I can do it. And so being part of this community is really what, um, keeps me rooted and keeps me going. Um, I think also intuition, like yeah. I am able to uh, tap into that intuition and, f- and I feel my way through my life. Like, huh, this feels right. Okay. Or like, you know, this door is opening. Like, you know, I went from fashion retail to the music industry, music and entertainment. Then I went into, you know, working with youth in Oakland high schools And then I went into working for a arts organization as a graffiti battle director. Right. And then I went into uh, working with restaurant clients. And so it's like, I didn't know that path was going to happen for me, but I, um, I trust, I've been, I trust the journey and I, I see the path that's, you know, being laid out for me. And so I walk the path, you know, like, and I just think I have faith that um, everything's going to work out, you know, and like, sometimes I don't know what's happening, but I just have faith because it feels right. And I I think I hold on to that. Okay, this feels right. So let me keep going. So let's, I want to, I want you to tell me more about this feeling right. What does that actually, you know, mean you know what does feeling right actually feel like for you Mm -hmm. um right like feeling right is like I'm excited you know like I want to keep doing it right um 
I'm meeting people that are teaching me new things or inspiring me, right? Uh, so that's the feeling of like excitement. And, all, and sometimes there's a feeling of fear. And yeah. I think that's also something that we've learned together is like, sometimes you have to go t- walk towards the fear. Right, right, right. Yeah. Speaking of that too, I think I'd like to add that one of the filters that I realized that I could put when I make decisions now is like, am I making that decision based on love and hope? Um, or am I doing it because, um, of fear alone, right? Because it's natural to fear, to to feel some sort of fear and nervousness in any decision, but if fear is the only thing that's present in that decision, you know, then something's wrong. right? Right. Yeah. Yes, so that sure. I think is also a good thing to, it's something that I felt helpful in my, in my journey. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but sometimes that fear is there to like say, oh, don't do it, even though it's what you need to do to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Right. There's that fear of like the unknown mm-hmm. um, and yeah. And discerning the two of like, are you walking down the wrong path or are you just feeling fear because it's like a new challenge? Right. Right, right, right. Now, you often talk a lot about um, patience and persistence. As you mentioned earlier, uh, change and the things that you're working towards, it's a long game, but people forget about the long game a lot. Um, So I think, can you tell us a little bit more about how patience and persistence plays a role in your kind of daily um, mindset and how that continues to guide you in your journey? Yes. Yeah, it's something that we say as like our prayer, like I am patient, I am persistent, I am present. And that has been guiding me because, you know, like things don't always happen overnight. So being patient is, you know, I think just a good practice in general. And of course, I'm not perfect at it. Like I have three kids, so I lose my patience all the time. I probably lose my patience all the time. (laughs) (laughs) maybe I need to practice it a little bit more (laughs) but um you know I think over time you see the progress you do see that things are changing um and that helps with with following that and I think again like in my intuition it feels right to to keep going this path and there are times when um you know my husband has been like you know just just stop. If this is too hard or you aren't happy anymore, like go just get a job. It's fine. And when he says that I get upset, (laughs) it makes me like something inside me gets pissed off at that, you know, Mm. like, why don't tell me to, that Mm. I'm going to stop this, you know? And then, (laughs) cause I think it's like this, um, before I had kids like Pablo down agency, it's my first, thing that I birthed mm. into this world. And so it's like, you don't give up on your child, right? Like, um, so I think there's that where I like, no, I'm not going to give up because I know what I'm doing is right. Right. Um, I know what I'm doing is needed in the, in the community. And there aren't a lot of um, publicists and PR agencies that represent people of color. Like they are very few and far in between. And so um, I hope that this inspires more people to do this kind of work because it's like a missing link in the, in the work of, you know, advocacy, like getting that visibility 
press and like having someone advocate for you in those spaces. Yep, yep, yep. That is very true uh, because a movement can be happening, but if no one's seeing it, it might not be making the impact that it needs. So, you know, your job as a PR uh, uh, manager and a publicist is that you're getting stories now on big media outlets like the New York Times. Um, and I think not only does that gain visibility for your client, but it also um helps them to then get the next opportunity because then the person that they're pitching to can, they can see that, Oh, this person was on the New York times. So it kind of gives that like, you know, as you like to call it third party validation. Right. So And it's also for the everyday person that's then reading it, like, or, you know, you often talk about like how you didn't have role models to look up to. You didn't see people in the magazines that look like you. And so I want to make sure that, you know, future generations and the current ones right now are like able to see those people, um, you know, and having those press clippings is also a documentation that is now in history that yes, we existed. Yes, this happened. Mm-hmm. Yes, these um, movements occurred, right? So, and that's another important piece of like the the PR work that I don't think people realize very often. It's right, like, that's so helping- true this be documented in, in, um, in clippings that will be used in like textbooks or, Mm. you know, curriculum and Mm. in libraries. So, yeah. So that's another reason why I'm like, no, I have to do this because no one else is not, no one else is doing it. I'm sure there are other people doing it, but like there is, there really, you know, there isn't that many. So, um, but that's a good point to, important to do this. Yeah, that's a good point to think about because I didn't even think about that, right? You're essentially laying down the groundwork for a future historian to be able to document our present moment. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, that's deep, Paloma. You know, I didn't even think about that. And I've known you for 12 years. So, (laughs) wow. Okay. New gravity, (laughs) new gravity to the work. Um, So patience and persistence is a theme of our conversation today. Um, Effectively, it's also a uh, a, a, a good uh, element, two, two good elements to include in uh, PR and marketing. Can you tell me more about, you know, the role patience and persistence play in PR and marketing? Yeah, so it's the same thing. Like, um, it's the long game. Like, sometimes if you want to be seen in a really... Um, visible media outlet, like those things take time, right? It's timing, like what's happening in the news cycle at the moment. Um, And so you have to be persistent, patient, like writers are working on a bunch of stories, so they may not get back to you right away. Um, So you have to follow back up and be like, hey, here's some more information, you know, about the story that I'm working on and want to share it with you. So that's why like this theme of patience and persistence, it does apply to, to publicity. Um, I think marketing, marketing is a little bit more immediate because right, like I can publish something on my newsletter and that's immediate. Um, but yeah, you can work on a press story that doesn't, you know, that doesn't air for like six months after you did the interview or something. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that, um, there's that timeline that you have to be mindful of with, with PR. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of businesses are hurting right now because of the pandemic. Um, is this a good time or an appropriate time to be thinking about PR and why or why not? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always a good time. Um, maybe it's not a good time for you or your business at this moment, depending on where you're at. Um, but yeah, like stories need, again, it's like stories of this specific time we're living in a time in history that does not happen. Like when was the last pandemic was 1918, right? I believe. I don't know the specifics of that. I think, it might, I think it is, or at least in San Francisco. The No, I think, yeah, pandemic. It was the 1918 pandemic Spanish flu. Um, and so we're living in a time that is not everyone lives through. And so this, we need to have our stories heard and documented. Um, so you know, and yeah, not, not everything has to be COVID related. Um, you know, like, don't feel like because it's not COVID related, it doesn't matter. That's not true. Like people need other stories to uplift them. Right. Yeah. So and stories of success and perseverance. And again, like, uh, you're not doing anyone, um, any service to hide yourself. Like we need to shine. So yeah. I, everyone yeah like advocate for yourself amplify your story mm, mm, mm. and what about when there is um you know right now we're, go we're we're dealing with um you know this crazy story with um with minneapolis right whenever stories like these break uh what is the relationship between kind of like how do businesses effectively um tell their stories at a time when there's news um, news, uh, that's happening. That's like that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, like even, yeah, there's days, you know, or just even before we started this conversation where it's like, man, this is, this is a hard day. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so much going on in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like your, you know, whatever your business is, like if you're there to provide a service to someone, then and then there's someone that probably does need it. You know, like if you have a restaurant, like people still need to eat and nourish themselves, yeah. even though, you know, there's yeah. systemic racism happening every day. But hopefully your business is shifting that narrative or educating people around those things. And that way, you know, in, in the people you hire, in the partnerships that you have, in um, even the food you serve or what, you know, like, just being mindful of those things in, in the, in the details. Mm, mm, it makes mm, mm. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. How, you know, you could be, you could choose to create a business that, that uh, helps to counter systemic racism that helps to create positive spaces that promote um, more equity and more equality. So, yeah. And that's, and I, maybe I didn't answer it earlier, but that's who, you know, we want to work with. Yeah, wonderful. And then, so you are also uh, offering programs that help folks right now advocate for themselves. Can you tell me a little, tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, a year ago, I, I launched PR for the People, and it's a six-month workshop where we teach everyday, everyday folks, um, business owners, or people that are in marketing roles in their organizations, um, solopreneurs, right? Artists, writers, how to run their own PR campaign. And so 
It takes place over a six month time frame, um, and we go through Popolo Down's signature PR campaign system that we've developed over the past 10 years. Um, and I developed it in mind really for my interns and apprenticeship program I started. And so over time, I was like, hey, you know what? This program could be brought to more people. And that's why it's called PR for the People. Um, so it, this next cohort, it's our third cohort that's going to start July 1st. Um, there's limited spots available. It's about four to five people in the program. And yeah, it's been amazing to see the success of everyone that joins um, and that they're able to get these um, these interviews and features and amplify themselves and their brands um, through the news. So yeah. it's been successful. Um, yeah, I'm just so happy that that we're doing this and that we're going to continue doing this um, and hopefully it grows um, even bigger. Well, right now, how do people sign up? Um, go to the website, papalowdown.com. It's P-A-P-A-L-O-D-O-W-N.com. Yeah. And I think what's incredible about this program is that, you know, maybe if you're a small organization, if you're a small business or you're a solopreneur, you might not have the budget to hire your own in-staff PR manager or publicist, but this, you know, this way they can learn it for themselves. So you're giving them the tools, um, yeah that they need to be able to be their own publicist. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I developed it was because I knew, um, you know, the rates of hiring a publicist and a PR team is not accessible to everybody. But I wanted to make sure that everyone could reach this. And I, I feel like the way we created the program, um, it does make it accessible. Like I'm not teaching you to be a publicist, like, right. right? Like I'm just, I'm teaching you how to advocate for yourself yeah. essentially because yeah, like there's more stuff behind being a publicist, but yeah, if you can't hire one, then you can do it yourself. Like you can, it's not, it's not rocket science. Right. And I love that the name is PR for the people because that really is true to the name of it. Um, but speaking of PR to the people, you've got a lot of people in your house. Uh, we can hear them. <laughs> That's OK. You wear a lot of hats. You are uh, not only a business owner, but you are also a mom. You're also a wife. You've got a lot um, of roles that you play. So um, and I know that also. One of your secrets to success is that you have very, you've chosen very good partners, um, both in life and in business. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, maybe even if people out there aren't mothers yet, how do they balance and make it possible to, you know, wear all the hats that you wear? Yeah. Um, you know, I think first to acknowledge, like, I do have a partner, a husband, um, who's very involved and very active in, uh, managing the household and, uh, taking care of the kids. So that's one thing that, you know, um, we don't always have control over, but, um, I think that's one thing that I, I have in my favor is, is that partnership. Um, and I think, you know, our, our friendship is really been what yeah. has sustained. Like we call each other a couple times a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm telling you, I mentioned it earlier, like 
regardless of time zone, regardless of what country I'm in, regardless of motherhood and all the kids running around, like we still make time for each other. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I think, and we, even though, you know, you, your path is different, like we've, we're still kind of in this, like carving out our own path journey. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where we're really connected. Like, okay, no, you can do this. No, it's fine. You didn't get that thing. It's fine. Like the next one's coming. Like we encourage each other. So having people that encourage you and support you. Um, and then, you know, I work with coaches like um, early on, not early on, like halfway. So I'm in going on year 11 now of the business and like around year five after the kids were all born. And I was pregnant two years in a row. So I have, right. So I've, we had one, well, we have a teenager. Um, and then I gave birth to one and then two more came the next year. <laughs> we had twins. So shout out to my parents and, you know, my family, um, and, and my husband's family for really supporting us. So, you know, having that family support system around, like we live close to family. So that's in my favor also. Yeah. Um, we also invested a lot of money in, on daycare. Um, like we brought the kids to daycare and, you know, when they're really young and let that, let other people like change their diapers for the majority of the day. Cause it's crazy. Um, but yeah, working with coaches was a game changer. Um, shout out to uh, Anthem Salgado, Art of Hustle, um, who was my first coach and really helped me jumpstart my career after having all the kids and taking a, some time off of the business. Um, and then now more recently, I've been working with um, Jennifer Navarro Marroquin from Claiming Prosperity um, as a more of a a prosperity coach, like someone mm. that's helped me with the numbers and the mindset, the, mm. the mindset of, um, you know, your relationship to money and my relationship to money. So yeah, work with coaches, leave your kids at daycare, try to be close to family if you, if you can. <laughs> And also choose the right partner. I actually heard Michelle Obama say that mm. her being able to raise her kids the way that she has is due to her cho very conscious choice from the very beginning about the fact that she knew that her husband had to be in alignment with her vision for child. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Thank I God I have kids with some of the other people I've. <laughs> well, and I think it's also really important to share that transparency of what exists in your life and what foundations you have, right? Because it doesn't, it's, you know, some people could feel like a failure because they feel like, oh, well, here's, here's someone who's successfully running a business and she's a mom and she's married, but I'm not able to go as far as she can. But hey, we got to remember that everybody has their own different situation and lifestyle like and lifestyle uh, I think I want to I want to kind of circle back to like when I was in the music and entertainment industry I started to realize like hey what is this future for me and you know does this line up with what I want when I'm a parent because I always knew I wanted to be a mom so 
I was kind of looking ahead and like, hey, if I'm working in this industry, is that going to align with the lifestyle I want as a parent? And it didn't. So I, that's why I switched and started working in more of the youth empowerment space and like working in different areas and left music because that didn't align with my values and what yeah. I wanted to have, um, you know, in my future. Yeah. So I was very intentional about that. Um, and then it led me to, yeah, meeting my husband and, um, and here we are. And yeah, I love my life. I am super happy and I'm yeah. grateful every day for, yeah. Yay. Yay. Well, we're going to be wrapping up soon, but, um, I have one last question and then we have an announcement to make. Hi. Um, so the last question that I have is if there's one thing that someone who's listening right now can take away from this conversation that you want them to remember, what would that one thing be? Yeah, I'm going to circle it back to, you know, be patient. You know, if you have a dream, like stick to it, you know, and, and be persistent. Like I didn't get to where I am now because I didn't, you know, I wavered. Like I think because I was persistent, you know, like I'm at this place where I can look at my life and be like, wow, I love this. This is great. It's everything I've wanted. Um, so yeah, be patient and be persistent to, you know, follow your dreams and, and do what you love. Awesome. Thank you, Paloma. And now we have a special announcement because uh, obviously I had said earlier that we are, uh, we have this special friendship and we want to offer our friendship to the world. And we can't, we may not be able to be friends with every single person, but what we can do is kind of, you know, the support system that we have, um, we want to offer it to others. And we're going to do that through um, office hours on IG Live. Uh, we're going to try doing it monthly and then we'll see where it goes from there. But the first one will be on Wednesday, June 10th. So stick around. And basically the office hours, you'll, um, Paloma and I can gather questions before, during, um, and after we air. And that way what we can do is just share um, some answers to some of the questions that you all have. Because I think um, people do reach out to us often to, to ask if they can pick our brain mm -hmm. and we might not have all the time in the world, but we can dedicate at least an hour um, monthly or bi-monthly, depending on how it goes uh, to be able to provide some guidance. Uh, it can be anything from entrepreneurship to mindset, to PR and publicity um, questions that you might have. I get a lot of questions about my journey how I got to Paris, how I made it work, um, what it's like working in the media and all of that. So you can ask us all of those questions and those office hours. So stick around and watch out for us on our Instagram accounts. Um, Paloma, tell them where you can, where they can find you. Great. So yeah, um, go to the website, popalowdown.com and then you'll get all the links to all the social stuff from there. Again, it's P-A-P-A-L-O down.com and oh. I know we don't have time now but I do want to just mention that Ruby and illiteracy I get this question a lot how did you come up with the name Papa Lowdown and you guys were actually the ones that gave me the name Papa Low so is that maybe we can talk about that in office hours sometime but <laughs> Papa you know Lowe, how the name came about it was well, Ruby and Adriel Nico and Dalek 
we did name you Papa Lowe. And then because you are a publicist and you were able to secure a lot of information, it was, it just was natural that you knew the lowdown. So Papa Lowdown, there it is. Mystery solved. Um, But thank you all so much for joining us. If you want more uh, from both Paloma and I, again, uh, watch out for our, on our Instagram account. My Instagram account is just Ruby at Ruby Veriano. Paloma is at Popolo Down Agency. And um, thank you again for watching and we hope to see you then. And I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Grit and Glamour. Honest conversations towards the grind, toward the glow up that you don't see on the ground. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Grit and Glamour. If you found something inspiring or valuable in this show, I'd appreciate you sharing with a friend. Look out for the next episode and hope you'll tune in next time. Here's to all the grit behind the glamour. Keep shining.